everyone, and welcome back to my podcast, Good Talks with Great People. Today, I actually wanted to talk about an organization that's been in the back of my mind for a while now, which is the Sandbox. So first, just to give you all a little insight, for those of you who don't know, it's an organization that helps families with children who have cancer or life-altering diseases. What separates this specific organization from a lot of the other ones is that you don't age out, which is great. You don't typically see that. We normally see once you turn 18, you're considered an adult, you age out of a lot of things, but with them, you don't have to worry about that. The Sandbox wants to help from the time you're diagnosed until however long the family is seeking help. When I decided I wanted to do an episode on public advocacy, I immediately thought of the sandbox. I first heard about it through my really good friend, Anna Jacobson. And what initially drew me in whenever she'd speak about it was the passion in her voice whenever she would bring up her volunteer work or what she had been currently working on with her honorees or for events and all of that sort of stuff. So once I decided 100% that this was going to be this week's episode, I immediately called her. Before I bring Anna into the podcast, I just want to touch on some background information and context of what some families might be going through when their child is suffering from a life-altering illness. So when a child is diagnosed, it not only changes their life, but the whole family's. And most members may be affected on a psychological and emotional level. And in addition to a disruption of leisure activities, plus putting effects on interpersonal relationships that they have going on in their own lives. Being diagnosed with a life-altering illness as a child really puts a halt to their existing social life along with attending school physically. And this is how the isolation starts, by missing opportunities, experiences, and time with friends. They might also be missing out on spending time with their family for a time in the hospital for treatment or an unexpected visit. This is where the sandbox really comes in to help the families. So when I met up with Anna, she did tell me about a family that she's grown rather close with and has gotten the privilege to watch the kids grow up and just spend time with them. She does speak of a specific time that she did spend the day with an honorary sibling, and I would love for you all to listen in on that. I remember taking out Nora, which is her big sister, and we went out for just having a girls day we did dish it out and we went out to lunch and then another time we went to pelicans and just really gave them an opportunity to be a kid because the siblings are just as affected as the child and a lot of the time there's no attention put on them and so they feel very isolated i want to play off of what anna said real quick about how these honorees and their siblings aren't getting the chance to really be kids. When you're constantly surrounded by life or death situations at a young age, you're forced to grow up really quick. So that is why the mentors want to take them out and want to spend time with them to remind them and center them again to know that you still get to be a kid. You can still have these experiences. And again, it ties back to what 
the sandbox is striving to do, which is creating long-lasting friendships. And when it comes to the honorees, it's just, it's in whatever capacity that they need. Like, we have gone to basketball games. I have babysat some of the kids so the parents can get a night out. And so when you're babysitting, you're watching movies, you're playing video games, like, you let them make fun of you. It's just giving them an opportunity to be a kid. One way that the Sandbox loves to celebrate their honorees and their family is through their signature event called An Evening of Believing in Prom. And this event only happens one night out of the year, but they provide 365 days of care throughout the year. So they want this one night to be extremely special to them. Each family gets to arrive in a limo to the event and there's a long 250 foot red carpet to the entrance with paparazzis and everyone cheering them on. Again, the goal for this is for the kids to leave their diagnosis at the door and to have a fun night with friends and family and food and dancing. Before this magical night of prom starts, the whole morning and afternoon is dedicated to the honorees, their siblings, and their parents. And I want to let Anna go more in depth with this, but something that really caught my attention was her telling me that the toughest part of the day can sometimes be the picking out of the dress. Because since most of the dresses are donated, they do have limited sizes. So they really just want to make this time about them and really making the women and these young girls feel good and empowered. lot of insecurity at least among the older women or teenagers that aren't stick thin and so just seeing how many people rally around them is really beautiful especially in a society where all shapes and sizes are starting to become acceptable in social views which is a good thing but it, it does not change the mentality of some of the older women so Making sure that they know they're beautiful and saying that they are beautiful is amazing because by the time prom comes around, yeah, they get their hair and makeup done and feel really pretty, but the hard part was over and that was finding the dress that you were wearing for the whole night. And it, I think it's also really cool to see the little girls when we get to tell them, you get to keep the dress. Because they're like, what? They get so excited. And the moms are like, at least when they're new in the um, sandbox, they're like, really? We get to keep all of this? They get to keep the accessories? the dress, the shoes, everything. Like, they don't have to give it back. And that's all because the community donates dresses for us. They donate their own Mother of the Bride dresses. They donate baby dresses, like, from communions or, like, little little things so that we can have our little itty-bitties dressed up. They donate... Girls donate the prom dresses. Like, it's great. to transition over to the different ways that the sandbox provides help to honorees and their families however in order to do this I really needed to sit down with somebody who is familiar with the help that was being provided 
So after some research, I realized that Kathy Jacobson was going to be the best person to speak to, if you don't catch on to that. It is Anna Jacobson's mom. She is the care manager, which is an approach that the Sandbox utilizes. It stands for caring about real relationships empathetically. Now this approach ties in with individualizing support for each family at the given time of diagnosis to however long they need it. And what's unique about the care approach is that the help provided to families are specific to them. It's never the same as to what another family may need. who have a child with special needs or um, who have medically fragile children really are looking for a place to belong. And they, they really, um, the risk in having um, families with these kind of needs is they self-isolate because it's difficult to go out in the world. And so we try to provide them with opportunities for socialization with other families who might be similar to them, um, provide them with opportunities to build and make memories with their families and other people. The great thing about the sandbox is they never want their families to feel alone in whatever circumstances that they happen to be going through. Their goal has always been to be personable and helpful in whatever ways that they can. So if the sandbox isn't able to provide a specific service to a family, they have the resources in the community and they know who to reach out to. After touching on the sandbox's biggest events, how the mentors individually help families and their care approach, I want to turn our attention over to what I think is probably one of the best things that the Sandbox does, which is their love totes and love baskets. So to break it down really quick, the care program is like the umbrella on how they provide their care. Then under that, there's two arms. So you have the events arm where prom takes place and then the care arm, which is where the love totes and baskets come into play. things like love totes and stuff and that's really um, kind of providing families with the practical daily things they need um, whether they end up in the hospital and it's unexpected visit and they don't get to go home they might not have what they need for the week while they're stuck there okay so the love totes come to the hospital with snacks travel size toiletries clothes gift cards to food places in the hospital and then the love baskets are going to be a little bit bigger than the totes and they actually go to someone's house with things in it that they'll need after they get discharged from the hospital you know after the craziness of being in the hospital for a couple of weeks people don't always have time to go out and go grocery shopping and get the things that they need so the people at the sandbox will try and do that for them to lift the burden off well it looks like that's a wrap of tonight's episode i really wish we had more time but i'm super thankful for everybody who listened in tonight We really did have some good talks with great people. If you're interested in anything we spoke about on the podcast and you want to learn how to get more involved with this wonderful organization, please, please visit www.sandbox.org for more information.